Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Everyone Else Has a Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us here. This is our very first episode, very first one. My name is J.D. Swilly. I've been married to my wife for 20 years, and I have three amazing children, uh, two teenagers and one that's a tween. And I also pastor a local church just outside Nashville, Tennessee. That's, that's who I am. And then here with me is my cohort, uh, Scott. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey there. Um, I'm Scott Asher, and I also am married, and I've got four children. Um, and uh, I work in uh, communications at a really big corporation, and I'm glad to have a job right now, frankly. Um, and uh, so I'm just excited to be here talking to my friend. You know, why yeah. not? Why not? Everyone else has a podcast, so. Everyone else has a podcast. Yeah, so, uh, Scott, tell us how we came across this name. Well, uh, I think it was because Joe Biden was starting a podcast, which is hilarious. And because uh, um, literally everybody has a podcast at this point, if Joe Biden's going to make a podcast, and I haven't seen anything of it, but uh, someone made a joke on Twitter about it, and, and they're like, everyone has a podcast. And I was like, this, this is a good name, because JD and I have spent so many, I mean, we... We spent hours trying to figure out a name for a podcast, and um, you know, frankly, at this point, we're so late to the game, all the good names are taken. So, True. so what are we gonna do? And then uh, someone made a sarcastic comment, and I was like, "This is perfect because we're sarcastic, and uh, and why not us?" Yeah, why not us? Yeah, and it and it is interesting, and I'll say this: like, you and I have had some really great conversations um, since we've known each other for coming up on three years now, but within the last year, I probably have said many times, why are we not recording this conversation? Because this would make a great podcast. And so finally, I said that enough times that we decided to make a podcast. And so maybe you're going to be entertained by our conversations. Maybe you're not. We don't really care. Uh, we're doing this really for our own amusement. Maybe, so. we, maybe we used up all the good conversations already. That should have it's been possible. a podcast, and now we're left with nothing else. So it's possible. We'll, we'll, so we'll see if people are intrigued or entertained, or if they just make fun of us. And if they if that's what they tune into to make fun of us, then you know, then that's fine. It's all really about how we how do we monetize this. So uh, mistake number one, I forgot to hit record on the video. <laughs> okay, so we're doing audio. So now no one can make us a meme. Is what you're saying? Oh, right. Should we should we go back and, and start or should we just keep this audio or start from this point? I'll start from this point. There we go. That's funny. So, Scott, what are we going to talk about in this podcast? Not just this particular episode, but in general, what is this podcast about? Whatever we want to. True. That's what Whatever I want to talk want. about. Whatever we want to. I know you said that you're a pastor. Um, also, I'm a Christian as well, but uh, we don't have to talk about Christian stuff, although I've I think probably Christian stuff's going to come up a lot. I think so. Because it in, so. informs our worldview. But it's not primarily that. Um, we talk about all kinds of topics. And I thought that would be fun. Talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, and for, a lo for the longest time, we did consider this being strictly uh, a podcast that's connected to our church or a Christian-based podcast. Um, but we decided that um, we didn't want to be restricted to just talking about uh, theological things, uh, although that will automatically come up because that's just kind of who we are. 
Um, and so, but we also wanted to talk about things like, hey, I saw the movie 1917. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, or, or whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah, it is. It's a great movie. So uh, that's what this is about. It's about whatever comes to our minds that we think that other people might want to know what we have to say. Yes, we're, we're that important that people would want to know. <laughs> when, I was a kid, when I was a kid, my dad would take us to school <clears throat> early, and we'd sit in the parking lot. And I might be misremembering this exactly, but we were in California, Los Angeles, and it was Rick D's in the morning. And uh, Rick D's got popular for a while, but uh, so we're talking yeah, about we're talking sure. about the '80s, okay? So Rick D's in the morning, and I swear he said something like he he had this running gag about um, how uh, his seven listeners or something, and he'd be like telling stuff, and they'd be like, and that's for our seven listeners out there. Well, um, you know, if we count our moms and our wives, uh, you know, and then maybe a couple more friends, we might get to seven. And so I'm excited. You think our wives are going to listen to this? That's for 45 hopeful. seconds. That's yeah. They're going to listen yeah. for 45 seconds, and that's it. Yeah, and I know. We'll have to do yeah, really small I clips. I know my kids won't. So we'll have, to, we'll have to maybe pay people to say that they listen to it. Right. We'll buy Twitter followers. Yes, that's what we'll do. All from, from former Soviet bloc countries. They need jobs, too. It's true. Just fake people. True. Fake followers. So we just got through talking about and saying that we're going to talk about anything that ever comes to our mind. But the first thing that I want to talk about, because it seems to be relevant today, and, and I just want to say this. We are recording this podcast on Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, uh, and it might be actually a few days before this actually hits the, um, the World Wide Webs. So if you feel like, man, these guys are way behind the times, uh, just know that we're actually recording this on April 2nd. But the first thing I want to talk about is actually how pastors are getting arrested around the country for continuing to hold churches, church services during the quarantine. Um, so this today's Thursday. This past Monday, we saw in the news uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who pastors the church, the River Church in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and he's a pretty prominent guy um, in some circles, in, in charismatic circles especially. He's well-known, and he had a church service, uh, his mega church, and the Tampa police came and got him and arrested him, uh, and, and it kind of, it's, it's heartbreaking on a lot of different levels to me, um, and I know there's a lot of different opinions out there, but uh, I don't care about your opinion, I just care about my opinion. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's, that's exactly that's exactly what they're gonna say. That's what Jesus said, right? I don't care about your opinion; I just care about mine. First hesitations. First hesitations. That we said. Yeah. First hesitations. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Scott, tell, what do you think about this? Well, yeah, and I talked to you about this ahead of time. I am pretty, uh, I'm pretty passionate about this, to be honest with you. I mean, um, <clears throat> the churches that are doing it, I get. I get why they're doing it, you know, um, and, and we can talk about why some of the reasons are that they're doing this still meeting. But um, when I look at places like North Korea, I'm uh, South Korea, um, where most of the outbreaks were traced to a couple of um, religious places. I don't I'm not sure if they're Christian churches or if they're cults, but a couple of um, 
religious services where the majority of the people that ended up getting infected started there or, or large clusters did. Um, or you hear about um, the, the Indians and in, the North American um, Indians in, um, in uh, Albuquerque. You know, and in New Mexico, the governor was saying that <clears throat> there was a huge outbreak, and that was traced to a, a religious meeting. And um, and you look at that, and you think, okay, uh, you know, I I get that we want to lay hands on people and pray for the sick. Um, I get that we want to build people up. We want to spend time with them. And a lot of us are struggling with, you know, being alone um, or being stuck in a house. <clears throat> Some states, you're kind of stuck. You're not even supposed to go anywhere, really. Um, I get that, but uh, at a certain point, you have to realize what you're what you're doing here is you're uh, you're imperiling the safety of your your people, the people that you love. And um, I feel like that there are ways to do what they need to do. Like um, Ronnie Howe Brown was saying that he wants to lay hands on people. I'm like, yes, you you should lay hands on people when they're sick. Is there a way to do that? <clears throat> Uh, without having a service with uh, 500 people or 1,000 people or whatever. And I think that there is. I think that there are ways to do that. Either if you feel really strongly about it, you can put on masks and gloves and you can go to their house and pray for the sick people, um, you know, and, and then you're only doing one person at a time. Um, you know, if you, I'm not someone, I mean, I, I'm kind of like the Pope. Um, I believe that if there are no if there are no priests available, you can go directly to Jesus. Which, you know, <laughs> looks like we were right all along. Protestants, what? way to go. Yeah, I That's mean, he almost, said that. almost heretical. Right, but I mean, we could probably ask for prayer over the phone, and it would be okay. You know, we can pray, you know, in email. We can pray on Zoom like this. Um, we don't have to do this. And so um, I don't think this is necessarily a question of legality or whether they should have the right to meet. It's not a First Amendment issue. It's more an issue of wisdom. If if it kills this this kills you know uh, one out of a thousand people, um, and older people is higher than that, you know, and Ronnie Howard Brown's church is over a thousand people. Which of those people is he willing to put at peril? Because he's going to lose one or more of them, right? Yeah. It's just by meeting, and I don't think it's worth it. I think you can pray for him in different ways. So. I'm not. I'm not excited about this. I'm not excited about you know, giving that opportunity. Yeah, I I agree. Um, when you were talking just now, and you were talking about let's come up with some inventive ways to pray for pray for the sick, it made me think of Acts chapter 19, um, when Paul laid hands on cloth or handkerchiefs or aprons, and then those things he prayed for those things and, he, and that was a it was a touch point of faith and then the people would take those and take them to the sick people and here's what it says acts 19:11 it says and god was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them i think that's pretty inventive i think that's uh, pretty remarkable and that's that's and they didn't even have zoom back then Right. Um, and, and so, man, I, I think it's kind of a little bit of, in my, okay, this is my opinion. Um, I'm not, not trying to make a judgment, but it seems to me um, that it could be a little bit of pride. It could be a little bit of arrogance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it could be a little bit of foolishness. There could be some very sincere people that are, are saying, you know what? 
we should meet because we shouldn't be afraid of the sickness and disease because the power of God, you know, courses through our bodies and our, our, and our veins. And so we're just, we're people of faith and we're going to do this. I'm sure there are very sincere people that are doing that, but it doesn't seem to me like it's, um, that's real faith. That seems to me like you're stepping over into the area of foolishness. Um, and also, you're stepping over into the area of lawlessness, depending on what county or what state you live in. And um, that's an important thing for me, is that the church would be a good example to the rest of the world on how to proceed during these times of crisis. And th- this whole I, this whole con this whole thing of of COVID nineteen and everyone being on lockdown and quarantine, I don't believe it has anything to do with the persecution of the gospel. Um, it doesn't seem that way in any way, shape, or form to me. So this is not a time for us to be lawless. I think it's a time for us to be lawful. And I think um, that. Again, like I said, it's time for the church to be a good example to our communities. Hey, here's how we're going to proceed. We're not going to walk in foolishness. We're going to abide by the, the, the decrees that our government is giving us. And we're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to... Uh, listen, I, I think it's great that you want to lay hands on people. But obviously, you're not walking in fear if you're doing that. Uh, and so we don't need to step into fear. But let's walk the, way, the the path of wisdom, and 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 real faith, and peace, and and bring like let's be thermostats to our community, and instead of of you know making people crazy or joining in with the fear or joining in with the chaos, which is what it feels like to me with these churches that saying they're going to continue to meet, that seems chaotic to me, and it seems like it's actually going to drum up more fear in people. Uh-huh. To be honest, to me. Um, that's not what the church is called to do during this point, in my opinion. So let's 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 be inventive. Let's let's lay hands on prayer cloths uh, or whatever it is the Holy Spirit leads us to do. Now, I, I think it's amusing. Again, like I said, we're not going to make this podcast all about Christian stuff or church stuff, and this is the very first topic that we're talking about. But I think it's very relevant. Yeah, I mean it's relevant. You, when you talk about fearlessness. <clears throat> there's a difference between being consumed by fear and it's holding you back from doing something you're supposed to and being so fearless that you're willing to pick up a knife and, you know, slice your hand. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's not fearless. <laughs> Look, I'm not afraid of this that's cut. Stupid. You know, that's stupid. And um, and this isn't fearlessness. Like you said, if it was persecution or something like that, it's got to be one of those hills that you're willing to die on kind of things for a Christian to say, I'm going to stop following the rules here. If you say, you know, you can't you can't uh, preach the gospel. Okay, yeah, you know what? God's law is higher than man's law. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel, right? But if this is the hill that you're willing to die on, it's like just please don't meet for a little while. And this is the one where I'm going to get up in arms. Fight. It's like you're looking for an argument. You're looking for a fight. And you already see um, a section of the the media and a section of the world out there saying, see, look at the Christians. They're the ones spreading this. See, look at the Christians. They're the ones acting yeah. foolish. And I don't think exactly. it's giving us a good um, reputation for people to be afraid. You know, what's what's that question going to be if, if someone gets sick at that church? You know, they're going to go there and some of the questionnaires are going to be like, who did you come in contact with over the last 10 days? Well, I came in contact with 
500 people at my church. Well, now all 500 of those people have to be notified and all 500 of those people have to be quarantined. And, and you're just like, this is dumb. You've just taxed yep. our system when it should be working for people that are, that are sick and, and can't avoid being sick. And you've just given our enemy an opportunity to look bad at us, look down on us and to, and, and to be a bad representation of Christianity. I mean, if I can't even keep people safe from a sickness that I may have, that's not outreach. That's not the right kind of spreading the <laughs> good <outbreak>. news. <laughs> right, right. It's, that's not spreading the good news. That's spreading the bad news. That's spreading the COVID news, you know? So <clears throat> I think people should just stay home. But uh, one of the things that um, I think is driving this for some people is that they don't know how to do church online. You know, they're not savvy yeah. and they don't know, um, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to use Zoom. They don't know how to use, um, you know, all of the different ones um, that are that are for online meetings or Facebook Live or YouTube or whatever. And um, maybe they only got one person at the church who knows how to do it, and they're not on staff or something like that. And so you're, you've got this kind of generational thing. Because I have noticed that, I'm not saying this is the reason, but I have noticed that the pastors that are getting um, visited by the cops, the guy in Baltimore, um, or the two that got um, cited or arrested, they are all older. And I don't know if that plays a part in it. <clears throat> Maybe they feel like if they don't have the meetings, um, you know, their churchgoers are going to be left out. Maybe they, I don't know what the reasons are, but that seems like that's operating in fear. Um, the church yeah. is going to be the church. And when this is all over in a few months, um, the people that want to go to church are going to go to church. And the people who don't want to go to church won't. The people who want to give will. The people that won't go. It's fine. Right. God is in control of this, and it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to work out. We don't need to try to act out and try to make things happen for ourselves. So, But if there are people that know how to do this kind of stuff, um, I would very much like them to step up. Someone at Rodney Howard Brown's church or the guy in Baltimore or the other one, I forget his name right now, um, you know, help them. Show them that this can be done online. Absolutely, and, yeah. And help them with ideas on how to do this with Instagram and and Facebook and all of the different ways that we have now. Because this is the first time you've got a quarantine in the history of the world where um, we're not actually apart. Yes, I can't hug right now. I can't lay my hands on you. I can, you know, put it on the camera. But um, we're not actually apart, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, it is amazing. We should be using that. Not afraid of it. You know, one of the things I saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. Um, pastors, if you don't have a way to record your sermon to broadcast it this weekend, come to one of our campuses between on this day, between this hour and this hour, or, or I don't remember what the system was that they set up. You know, they might have to call ahead and, and schedule a time, but we will record your message so that you can get it out there on the internet to your congregation. And I just thought that was phenomenal. I thought that was just so generous. I thought that was the body of Christ working hand in hand together and not being um, territorial. Uh, and, and I actually watched uh, the Church of the Highlands uh, service from not this past Sunday, but from two Sundays ago. I got on later in the week and I watched it. And, and again, um, Pastor Chris addressed an entire congregation in Birmingham that he knew was watching his, uh, his, his live stream that day. And he was just, Hey, I know if you're from, I don't remember the name of the church, but Hey, if you're from faith church and you're watching today, we're so glad to have you here. We know that your pastor couldn't, um, 
he couldn't be with you today. He couldn't communicate with you today. I think that pastor was sick or something like that. So I know that he told all of you, all of you in his congregation to watch Church of the Highlands today. We're so glad that you've joined us. And then when it came to the offering time for him to receive tithes and offerings, he, he told that other congregation, he says, Hey, if you're watching right now and you're not part of Church of the Highlands, but you're part of another local church, Continue to be faithful in your generosity and your giving to your own local church right now. It's they need it more now than ever, and I just thought that was such a great example of of helping people that need help, helping the body of Christ. And um, you were you were talking about all this, and I, I think one of the things for us is to realize that we need to first accept the loss uh, in the in this whole. Um, pandemic, there have been major losses. And some of these losses will be regained when everything goes back to normal. But we won't, the world will never know the same normal that we knew two months ago. It won't. It doesn't matter if, if everything opens back up again and if Starbucks is open again and you don't have to, you know, just go through the drive through between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. If you actually get to walk in the store and order your caramel macchiato, whatever it is, the world is still going to be different in some ways than it was two months ago. And so I think, number one, just accept the losses. Like, it is what it is. I don't have the power to change that. I'm going to grieve the loss. And now I need to adjust to the new normal. I need to figure out how does the world work now. And I need to adapt and be, flat, be flexible. I think if we could add to Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, I think Jesus would say, blessed are the flexible, <laughs> for they won't be broken. Some people, I think, probably think, man, I just can't do it. I can't adjust. I can't, you can't teach a, an old dog new tricks. I just don't buy into that philosophy. Um, man, I think the world would be in a really bad place if... Strong leaders just took that stance. If if people just gave up so easily, and I think about even people like in everyday life, normal people. My grandfather, my grandfather is approaching ninety years old, and this guy uh, has worked his entire life and, until he retired not that long ago. Really, <laughs> um, he retired as a diesel mechanic. So you got this this guy who straight out of, of high school went to diesel mechanic school, then came out and worked as a diesel mechanic, worked for a few companies, and then started his own company, and he ran that for years and years. And that's all he knew. And so he retires, and now he starts learning new things. He starts learning how to trade stocks. He starts learning how to, like, run a computer and operate on Facebook and all kinds of things. The guy's flexible and he, he's not a world leader or anything like that. He's just a normal guy that lives an everyday life, but yet he has not given up. He's not rolling over and just saying, all right, well, this is it. This is the end. As a matter of fact, just last week he had surgery on his leg and uh, he's just, he's loving life, man. He's going for it. So I, I'm, I'm thankful for people like that being good examples to us to say, hey, be flexible, learn new things. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it, it hurts. Accept the losses, grieve the loss, now adjust to the new, new normal. 
Um, yeah, you know, um, one of the cool things that might not go back to normal after this is the, uh, <clears throat> like for instance, uh, in my white collar job, um, the my day job, most of the workers were were sent home to work, which was not the way that they were set up to do it. And so now what we're doing is we're celebrating the fact that on our conference calls, we're being interrupted by our kids, you know, and, and our dogs and our cats and, and the family is climbing on them. And so you have this, um, humanizing going on where you can see like bosses and corporate bigwigs and CEOs and things like that. And they're sitting on the, on a conference call with a kid on their lap. And you're like, oh, you're a real person too. And, um, yeah. and you don't really see that a lot. And, and there's this almost like built-in grace that's there for everyone to say, we're all regular people. Because in the world and in the church, both of them, you have this face that you put on when you're at work. You know, and you've got the like work Scott and you've got the home Scott. And um, this situation is causing those the separation between those two things to really kind of break down for a lot of people. And, um, and I find that interesting and I would like it to not go back. I would like people to just be people, you know, and, <clears throat> and if that means that we're going to have a better work-life balance or, um, more human leaders, you know, where you can really get to know each other and say, you know, um, I don't, I don't really understand, you know, what they do in their job, but I understand who they are as a person. And so I got some grace for you. And if we could break down some of those silos in the corporate world, but we can also do it with the church, like what you were saying, where churches can start to work with each other better. Um, you know, I've gone to churches where <clears throat> we didn't do anything with other churches, even though there was one across the street. We never did anything with them. And I'm like, why didn't we do something with them? Was it because they were a different denomination? Because um, our same denomination was right down the road. We still didn't do anything. And it's kind of like we almost got our own little silo, and we just got to stay in our silo, and we don't trust other people. But um, like your, uh, like the pastor you were talking about, um, the, the hero there, in my opinion, is also the pastor of the other church that couldn't yeah. do it and said, I'm going to trust you with my sheep, so to speak, as a shepherd. I'm going to trust you with my sheep. I'm not going to be so prideful that I'm going to settle for uh, a second rate option. I'm going to go with uh, a proven leader that's nearby that can help with my people for a week or two. And why can't that be done? You know, why can't we do more stuff with each other? Um, Remember I sent you, I don't know if you saw it, but I sent you a, um, a handout. Um, there was a couple of churches that had these handouts for visitors, and they put them in the pews or in the seats. Right. And it said, you know, if this isn't your cup of tea, here's some other local churches that are good churches to try. And there's a, that's fearlessness. That's saying God's in control. Um, you may not like necessarily the songs we sang or how casual we are or how... You know, or vice versa, you know, because some people are like, I want a more so uh, solemn service. I want one where there's more hymns than current songs, whatever the situation. Um, but here's some other churches that might fit you. And we should be fearless in that way, saying, I'm a partner with you and we're on the same team here because our view isn't on what happens in my building with my people, that my view is on what's happening in the kingdom. And I'm just one of the players on this team. Like, I'm not the team. I'm one player on this team, and I'd really like to see more. Um, I'd like to see it in the corporate world more, come out of our silos, work together with each other, especially in times of crisis like this. But I definitely would like to see it within the church more. We should all be on the same team, 
Um, I don't know exactly how that works. I know Ark does a good job of keeping people together, and Radiant does. Yeah. Um, but some of the other churches don't. Some of the other organizations don't. And there's so many non-denominationals that are kind of on their own island. And you're like, well, wouldn't it be great if we all work together? You know? No. And uh, not divide. But Absolutely. Um I think you make up a great point that the hero is not just Chris Hodges, but the hero is also the guy that's willing to say, I need help. That's good. You know, um, not moving on from this just yet. I just heard last night, I was uh, scrolling through Facebook and a friend of mine in Pennsylvania posted an article from the New York Post. And uh, I'm going to pull that up here for a second. Um, here's the headline. Pastor plans Woodstock-like Easter gathering to protest coronavirus stay-at-home orders. And so, uh, sure enough, there's this guy, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, said he's going to hold an outdoor Easter blowout service, even though Florida pastor Rodney Howard Brown was arrested Monday for holding services the day uh, before, potentially placing attendees at risk for COVID-19. And he, this is what he says. He says, I'm going to announce it. We're going to hold an outdoor Easter blowout service, not online, a national gathering. You can come from all over like Woodstock, and we're going to gather and lift up Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm not going to read the entire article, but this just seems absolutely foolish and arrogant to me. And I just thought of another uh, thing that I read from one of my pastors, Dan Scott, uh, he, he wrote this yesterday. He says, earlier today, I responded to a post that defended churches meeting during this time of quarantine. Here's my response. Dear friends, we now have a clear record of viral infections spreading through church gatherings. One choir rehearsal spread it to 30 members. Two of them have died now. The choir members were careful. They refrained from hugs. They washed their hands when entering. All of that. Choir members sing with force, thus expelling droplets, some of which contain viruses that are then breathed in by others. We also do that when we pray corporately. One Pentecostal revival meeting near Chicago has experienced something similar. The evangelist is now in ICU and he's not doing well. If we unnecessarily endanger our nation's health after hearing government officials from both parties and at local, state, and federal government levels warn us, plead with us not to gather, we will have very little witness left with the people we wish to serve and reach when all of this is over. If any of us is immune, um, excuse me, if any of us were immune suppressed, say from chemotherapy or a recent operation, and our doctor asked us to stay home for three weeks, we would do it. That is the case here. We're not losing our liberties. We're not. We're just not accustomed to submitting ourselves to anyone for anything. We preach it to the congregants, but most of pastors aren't very good about it ourselves. Just uh, let's just do what our government has asked us to do. It's not unreasonable. It's not for long, and it's the charitable and righteous thing to do. Since I wrote this, I learned that numbers of infections occurred in Kentucky during a revival meeting. The congregants were, since, uh, were sincere and good people, but that's not the issue. Uninformed sincerity can kill. Let's be wise, charitable, and prudent during this crisis. When it's over, 
we will have ample opportunity to gather and rejoice to our heart's content. Yes. I thought that was very well said. Well, he's a smart guy. He is a smart guy. And those are just more of the same stories where um, I think he hit on all the key points. What's it doing to our witness? You're killing your friends, possibly, right? And um, and when I was thinking about the choir practice, I'm like, what are we doing when we're singing? When we're worshiping, we're doing the same expelling. So we're, you know, getting the people in front of us sick or something like that. And it's just, what's the point of this? We're, we're at the point in the United States where um, the people going and getting tested and turning up positive is like 25,000 a day. And so you look wow. at that and you just say, and it's been like that. You know, uh, uh, 10 days ago, we didn't even have 25,000, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, I think it was two weeks ago, Friday. Two weeks ago tomorrow, we got to 2,000, I think it was. And so you're talking something like that, or 20,000. One of those weeks was 2,000, one of them was 20,000. So we're talking about more, and this this is just rolling and rolling and rolling. And this guy, Shuttlesworth, um, the, that's one of those questions, again, is this... Is this really the hill? You're like, I'm going to protest the government. You know, this is like uh, Christians somehow coming together and protesting California and not using plastic straws. Why? Is this a Christian issue? Is this an issue of Christ? Is this an issue of salvation? This is not. This is not an issue of right. any of those things. So why why are we majoring on the minors here? I mean, it's not even a minor. This, is, this isn't even a small disagreement between Christians. This is a non-existent, comp- like this is not in the Bible at all. There's nothing that says you have to meet during a time of a pandemic. You know, like, what did, what did all these sailors do? <laughs> you know, you're a Christian sailor on a boat with three other dudes, and they're not Christians. You know, did you go to, how did you go to church? You know, what happened then? You know, there's all these examples of, you know, missionaries going to another country, being by themselves, and, and, and it was still okay. It seems very pharisaical, like, Oh, you're going to eat on the Sabbath kind of nonsense, you know, and uh, or heal people on the Sabbath. And you're like, well, you look, these things were made for us, not for us, for them. Going to church was made for us, not us for the church. And so these, I don't get Shuttleworth. I don't get the Woodstock thing. I really hope it doesn't happen. And I really hope people don't go there. Um, but I feel like that there is a portion of our of the United States who feels like that this is some kind of spiritual battle or political battle and they have to fight this battle. And I just feel like that we're, we're really wasting our time on this. We're wasting our capital on this, you know? So I, I really hope they don't. And I really, really hope that we don't end up having a big outbreak from it when they do meet together. Cause that would be terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. We're taking up a lot of time on this issue, but it's a pretty big one. Um, before we move on, and, and maybe we won't even get to the fun stuff in this in this episode. Uh, I don't know because we're already uh, several minutes in. But I want to say this. Wanna, the, well, that's true because everyone else has a podcast, so we ought to. And this is ours. We don't answer anybody uh, except our corporate sponsors who we don't, we don't have, have any. We don't have yet. We're not yeah. ruled by any overlords. It's true. Just true. Jesus. Um, um, sorry. You're like, now I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't because I didn't write it down. Um, no, I do. I do remember. So this has come up in conversation. I don't know if you and I have talked about this previously, but I had a, a lengthy conversation with someone about it today. 
uh, earlier, and uh, this might have been the second time I've had the conversation in the last week, but there's this whole, like, in theological circles, the big question of, is this God's punishment on people? You know, is this God's punishment on the world? And um, so some people are in that camp, and the, there's people in the other camp that are like, no, I mean, all of God's wrath was poured out on Jesus at the cross. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care about either one of those questions because, and, and, I, and I do have an opinion. I do have a spiritual, uh, theological opinion on that. But it doesn't matter which side of the fence you sit on. We don't have to wax theologically. We don't have to wax philosophically about that question. Is this God's judgment on the earth? Or, you know, is this an attack of the enemy? Or, you know, do we just live in a fallen earth and this kind of stuff happens? The response for the church is the same, regardless of the answer to that question. The response of the church is we pray. If we need to repent, we repent. We pray that God would intervene. We pray that God would work through his church on the earth today. We trust in God. We walk in faith. It doesn't matter the answer to that question. The response is the exact same. And so I don't think we need to spend a lot of time um, to uh, mulling over that. I think we just need to get on our knees and we need to love our neighbors and we need to walk in wisdom. Yeah, the only thing I would say about that is I would be real careful about speaking for God. And a lot of people just have no problem doing it. And um, I'm not real sure why there's this freedom to speak for God when we don't actually have sincere assuredness, I guess is the right way to say it. Uh, When I look at that, uh, the commandment, you know, uh, about using the Lord's name in vain, um, I think speaking for God when he didn't speak is using his name in vain. If yeah, I say, absolutely. thus saith the Lord, this is a judgment from God. This, I'm not talking about this situation. I'm talking about any of these situations because it comes up all the time, especially on TV. Um, the people on TV will always be speaking for God. And I'm just like, man, you better be careful about that. Cause I hey, don't, I'm on TV now. <laughs> You're on TV. Every pastor is a televangelist now. Great. Okay. I'm talking about the ones who are asking for your money and, uh, anyway, so we, that'll be a different topic. But okay, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like yeah, every time totally. something happens, yeah, yeah. there's a hurricane. That must be, you know, someone's done something wrong, you know. And there's a it's a judgment for sin, and you know, I think you just need to be really careful about saying this is God's judgment because um, the Bible didn't say that everything that happens to people is a judgment from God, and right. so um, and in fact, remember Jesus said they asked him who who sinned for this person to be born uh, with a disability. He's like, nobody's sinned. Right. And and that, so there's this like rush to judgment, I think. And that's the kind of judgmentalism I think we need to be really careful about. It's like, you've done something wrong. This is God deciding that you deserve something. And, I'm, and that kind of thing is like, wait a second. Are you telling me that potentially millions of people all around the world from all different backgrounds, including God-fearing Christian people, um, and it, are all under judgment because of sin in one country? Like, is that really, you know that for sure? And I just, I want to say, be really careful about that. And I, I, uh, I think that the, 
the three options that you gave, you know, where it could be judgment, it could be Satan, it could also be that we live in a fallen world. I think that that happens a lot. And a lot of the things that happen on this planet, they they fall into those all of those categories. And um, I think we shouldn't be speaking for God on this topic. I don't think anybody knows why exactly COVID is happening to the point where they can say this is definitely one of those three. Um, all we can say is it's happening. I like that you said we can pray, but I also think we need to use wisdom when we're talking, you know, the kinds of things we're saying. And that's stupid because I'm sure we're going to say some dumb things on this podcast at some point. And we I probably already did. We, But don't speak for God. That's what I want to say. Stop it. You sound, and I'm not saying you, JD, I'm not saying anybody in particular, but there are people out there who just sound dumb. They sound ignorant. They sound hateful. They are not drawing people towards Christ. Um, and then there'll be people who are like, well, you know, the, the sins are what draws people to them. I guess it's actually the grace um, that covers those sins that draws people to them, to Jesus. And uh, so I'm not sure that it's our job to go and, and make up new sins and make up new judgments and make up new consequences for things. I don't think that's our role. So throwing that out there. Wow. So we are about 45 minutes or something like that into this uh, episode. Do we want to talk about something lighthearted or we just want to save that for the next episode? No, we should do something because we said we, we're we going to talk about anything we want to, not just Christian stuff. And all we That's did was true. talk about If you know why, is because, still listening, let's talk about something fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to listen to the Christian stuff to get to the candy at the end. It's like children's ministry. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, Lord. It's true. We went to one church uh, one time. We were visiting a church with some friends and uh, I took my two sons. And uh, they went to children's ministry at the time. And uh, I asked them, how was children's ministry? And they're like, it's so great. Look what I got. And they had like a pile of candy bars, full-size candy bars. And I'm like, so that's what made church great? Uh, yeah, full-size candy great. bars. Full-size, dude. They church didn't, they they didn't uh, skimp. Right. Absolutely. Um, what's, uh, what's like three fun done while you were in quarantine or, or social distancing over the last couple of weeks? Like three new things or shows or movies or books. Okay. Um, since you asked the question, I'll go first and then you can follow up. Okay. So one of the fun things that our family has done is uh, we have learned to play Settlers of Catan. So I had played once before, probably a year ago, year and a half, something like that. And my wife also the same. And so uh, we weren't really... Catan masters. I don't even know if that's a term or not because we're not deep into the culture yet. But we have adapted it and it is now a new family thing and everybody in the family likes it. It's one of the magical things that everybody in the family can come to agreement on and we like it. Um, I just, I'm just, I'm praising and thanking God that my wife and I can meet and, and have common ground on a game that we both like and that it's something our kids can join with us too. And they're, they're, our kids are old enough where they, they, they can actually start getting this stuff, you know, and, and start learning strategy, and we can coach them. And so that's fun. Another thing that we did um, a, few, a, a few days ago, a week ago, however long it's been now, uh, the, all the days run together. I feel like we're on a, a, a deserted island, and for some reason I've not been making the marks on the coconut for how many days we've been on the island. But um, my kids turned our entire downstairs, our kitchen and our living room area, they turned it into a movie theater. So they, they had been planning this for like half the day. 
And even our two older kids went to the store and they got soda and movie candy, like in the boxes, you know, uh, they came home and they popped popcorn and they sent Jamie and I upstairs while they did all this. So they, they, they came downstairs and they, they had these giant signs and they made menus and they put prizes on everything on all the candy. And then we, we got sent to our phones. We uh, were sent movie tickets, you know, just like you go to the movie theater and they scan the QR code. So they noble created, he photoshopped, you know, a, a movie ticket and sent that to us. And it was for the movie Doolittle, you know, the one that just came out long ago with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And so we, we went through the whole process. I tried to just walk straight into the, into the movie, into the living room, the movie theater and Noble, who was the usher was very quick to remind me that, uh, sir, you can't get through there without getting your ticket scanned. And so they, they played the whole bit. We sat down and they played movie previews for us. And then this announcement comes on the, the sound system and Noble had pre-recorded this thing about, you know, make sure that you, um, turn your phone off, put your phone on silent and respect the, the other, you know, movie goers around you. It was so funny. It was hilarious. It was so great. And then we watched the movie and uh, I found out later that the movie had a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hello, Eli. Family. The movie 14%? had 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I completely agree with that rating. Uh, <laughs> the movie is probably fantastic for kids for like, you know, like seven and under, but you know, uh, my family, we, we were, we were pretty bored with it and, but we just had fun with it. We made fun of the movie and had a great time. Uh, so that was the second thing. Yeah. The third thing is something we're doing tomorrow. Uh, so in my neighborhood, we have a Facebook group for everyone that's part of our, our neighborhood and our HOA. And, uh, we, we don't make you be part of the Facebook group, but you can opt in. And so I got on there last night, probably 10 30, 11 o'clock last night. And I just, I had heard about this idea and I just typed in, Hey everybody. Um, I've been looking for new and inventive ways of just blessing my neighbors and blessing my friends during this time of quarantine. And I came across this idea. So here's what's going to happen tomorrow or not tomorrow, but on Friday night between 6 PM and 7 PM, I'm going to be canvassing the neighborhood with my camera and uh, I'm going to be taking free family photos on your front porch. So you just let me know. I'll come to your address. You walk out on your porch. I'll stay out on the sidewalk. I'll do like a mini little photo session with your family and I'll email you the pictures and uh, that's it. No strings attached. I'm just looking for a fun way to bless my neighbors. Man, I, I immediately got some responses before I even went to bed. It was like, boom, boom, boom. People were liking the post. They were responding. I've got my, my messenger inbox is full of people of my neighbors who some of them I've never met many of them. Actually, there's only one neighbor that I've ever met who has responded. They live two doors down from us. Everyone else that has responded, I've never met. And they're like, yeah, this is a great idea. We just had a baby and we've not had any, uh, you know, uh, family photos taken yet with our brand new baby. This is going to be the first one. I'm like, Oh wow. This is incredible. I get to be the first one to take their family photos. And I just feel privileged and honored to get to do that. Some people are like, well, I don't have a family. I live alone, but I've got a dog. Can you come take a picture of me and my dog? I'm like, absolutely, sure. So I, I just feel like this is a, a great way to build morale in my neighborhood, in my city. And you can feel the camaraderie 
if you're out in the neighborhood walking on the sidewalk and you're greeting people and you see them. And, um, and so that's, I think, a, a silver lining in this quarantine is that I feel like hopefully, at least in my neighborhood with my experience, uh, people are becoming more friendly, even more so than they were a week or two ago. The more I see people out, the more uh, hungry they are for just even the littlest relationship. So what about you? What about you? Three things. Three things. Well, we also play Catan. Um, love that game. And uh, we, uh, the, the board game that we've been playing at our house is um, Pictionary, <clears throat> which, is, which is hilarious because the version of Pictionary that we have is like 30 years old. I don't know how we have such an old one, but it's very old. And you'll get, uh, the kids are doing it, so they'll get words. And, like, and, uh, and you're, you have to try to explain to them, you know, what a cassette player is. <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't, I don't get it. They're like, I don't know how to draw a cassette player. And, uh, and so that's pretty fun. Um, if we can get through the game uh, without too much fighting, we still. You know, there's six of us here, um, seven actually. We have a house guest and uh, in quarantine with us. And uh, the age range, of course, is adult all the way down to 10. And sometimes that can be a little bit uh, much. But uh, but it is still fun to get together and play games. Um, so that's been fun. Um, we, frankly, my boys just go off and play video games as much as we let them. But um, one thing that we've been doing that Alice and I find fun, uh, not fun, but the outcome is fun, is that we've been doing like massive amounts of spring cleaning slash finishing jobs. And, um, and I've heard that Home Depot and Lowe's are super busy, I bet. Um, even now, because everyone's at home, you know, and there's no kid events at night and there's no um, sporting events, unfortunately. Um, and uh, so uh, we're, we're able to get all kinds of stuff done and so it's been um, almost every day we're doing something else around the house that needs to be done um, depends on how long this lasts I might actually get through half of my jobs <laughs> the things I've got lined up one of these days I'll finish them I'm sure um, and uh, we have not watched Doolittle yet um, you did tell me that it was terrible and now it's like gone way to the back um, burner. You could do it if you watched every other good movie and you just know that ahead of time. Guys, we're going to go into this movie and we're going to just make fun of it. Just go for that's, it. That's terrible because um, the original Doolittle is actually pretty good. The oh, it's one, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And uh, I never saw the Eddie Murphy one, but at a certain know. point, you don't need to make the same movie three times. And I guess they didn't. Uh, it's like an adventure movie this time or something. Yeah, it's, and I'm a, like, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's different. It's not the same regurgitated story, but it's pretty awful. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's Iron Man talking to animals. <laughs> so yeah. it's going <clears> to <throat> it's gonna be like that, I think. Um, I know a lot of people love Ron, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Um, but really, I think most people just love Iron Man. And uh, because he wasn't, no offense, but he wasn't a real big actor for a while prior to that. That was like his comeback movie, right? Yeah. And uh, and after that, I've seen him in a, a couple other films, and I'm like, eh, you know, Sherlock Holmes was basically Iron Man, right? And uh, just just in Victorian Iron Man. And uh, again, the too smart for your 
your own good kind of sarcastic guy. Um, but uh, <clears throat> what's Would another like thing those we guys? I like those guys personally. Yeah, we like them. Um, I have to live with myself too. And uh, so um, imagine yourself doing Doolittle. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I'd be annoyed as heck that the animals weren't listening to me. Um, <laughs> it'd be like having a, do a dozen more kids. I'd be like, sit down, sit down. I told you. Um, one cool thing that it's really cool that you're going out and taking pictures of people. That's really cool. Um, one thing that I've done to get around the stuck kind of thing is uh, one of our friends, um, my friend David and Victoria, uh, we went to coffee with them and dinner, but we're not allowed to go with them. Right. So we right. went in our own cars. Um, we followed behind them. We had our phone on speakerphone. So we're talking to each other the whole time. Uh, and then when we get there, we get our food to go. And I had camping chairs. And so we, we parked in the middle of the parking lot, empty parking lot. We set up our camping chair 10 feet away from each other. And we just ate our food and talked to each other. That's you know? great. I know it was fun. And, um, uh, I, you know, I've, I've thought I've been thinking about this camping chair thing for a while. Like if you're staying far enough away from each other and no one has symptoms, aren't you okay? I mean, I know you can get it without symptoms, but yeah. 10 feet away, that's safe, right? I'm assuming that's safe. If no one's coughing on you. Um, I mean, I'm assuming so we could do that. I mean, According to Dan Scott, you're not supposed to sing toward each other or pray for each other. Okay. Point. So it takes a lot of pressure off a lot of people. Um, <laughs> Jamie can maybe try to really fight that urge to sing. Um, but, uh, but I think, I mean, I don't know if that's, we're in Tennessee, so we're, we're not at the crackdown yet. We're in the social distancing phase still. So I felt like 10 feet away eating our food was a good way to spend some time. No hugs or anything afterwards. Got in the car, took our own trash with us. Um, so that was kind of fun. That's I think great. We'll do that again with the yeah. people or something. Been adapting. I guess the whole point has been adapting, you know. Sure. And uh, trying to make it work. But there's been fun stuff. Um, I know it's been hard for a lot of us who are they like to go and talk to people and, and get in business and hang out with each other. But um, but there's been some good stuff. There's some silver lining that we can try to take from it, make the best Absolutely. of it. You know. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's yeah. not a storm. It just means there's a silver lining with the storm. Yeah. All my kids. All my kids keep coming in. Well, that's okay. You know, you and I, we've been on here for uh, doing this for an hour now. Uh, a whole hour. Unless anybody that has stayed and listened to this entire episode. Um, <laughs> so we haven't decided much about this. We just, Basically, we decided about this podcast that we wanted to get it up and going. We haven't decided on the frequency, uh, how often it's and the limitations of how long it's going to be per episode we just decided hey let's get out of the huddle let's call a play let's snap the ball let's go uh, as, you, as you can see there i like sports analogies sometimes so uh thank you for all listening we to that's all we have we don't that's all we have that's all we have is analogies is uh, uh is there anything else that you want to say before we get off of here no i mean i appreciate it we're just two dudes having a conversation we can talk yeah. about whatever we want and as you can yeah. see, we like to hear ourselves talk a lot because we've been talking for an hour nonstop. I mean, if we weren't making a podcast, we'd be talking a lot longer than an hour. So, Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, we have all these conversations, and I'm going, there might be some other people that want to hear what we have to say, at least to make fun of us. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm looking forward to. I haven't been bullied for a few years, so 
I'm looking forward to reliving my high school years again. You can get back in that game. Yeah, I can get back. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to Everyone Else Has a Podcast. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Be sure to subscribe and like. And if you have hateful comments to leave, uh, you can just keep those to yourself. Uh, Please. You, you, can, you can mail them if you want to. You can write them on mail. All right. So, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. And maybe, uh, maybe you'll eventually decide to have your, a podcast of your own.